all welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday evening. Joining me from San Francisco, California, where he's on the road with the New Orleans Pelicans, is Andrew Lopez. What's up, man? How are you, sir? Out there on the West Coast with the Red Hot Pelicans, five in a row. And I'm sure by recording this pod ahead of their game against the Warriors tonight. Okay, look, let's just acknowledge something. The Warriors are awesome at home. Maybe they'll 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 bang up the Pelicans who are playing on a back to back. Doesn't mean that the Pelicans haven't played great recently. Can we all agree to that? Grouse ground rules. I, we we can agree. We will not talk about the Pelicans' opponents during this stretch, but we can agree that they have played very well. Okay, <laughs> and that is the laugh of Anscape's Mark J. Spears, who's joining us from across the bay in Oakland. Hello, Mark. And Andrew's been complaining about the weather since he sees. Yeah, got to man. The bay. Say, man, look, whenever you come to New Orleans, I make sure you have great weather. Great. Blue skies. What, what's, your defini- my, what's your definition of great? I get I get flight delays and rain all day. This is this is not great, man. I, I, I did get an 80 degree sun last week and I didn't know what to do with it. See? Uh, and this is how see, I get this is how you repay me with if Louisiana would have sent us some of its rainwater, we wouldn't be in this situation, right? So <laughs> We're trying to get out of drought country. I guess well, I think we are at this point. Speaking of out of drought country, the Pelicans, how'd you like that twist? Do you like that, that like pivot? It. Oh, look at you. Uh, the Pelicans, who they won five in a row. Now, you're, you're, you're denigrating their opponents, uh, Andrew, and I think you're just trying to be responsible. In the Western Conference, <laughs> Any five-game winning streak means you don't have to say you're sorry. Um, Correct. So Brandon Ingram uh, is playing some of the best basketball, certainly his best of the season, right? He just won player of the week, had another good game Monday night in Portland against the the, uh, dregs of the Blazers. Um, And the Pelicans, they they were as low as – did they go as low as 13th? They were 12 for sure. I'm not sure if they touched. They, they possibly touched okay. 13. I think at one point they may have, though. I think after, right, the, well, after, the, first, after the Rockets lost, they, may, they were around there, at least tied. Okay. Well, at the moment, they are in eighth, and they're basically percentage points away from, um, from being in sixth. Uh, if they win tonight, it would be incredible because Golden State is ahead of them by um, yep. th- six one-thousandths of a point. Basically, they have – one more win, the same number of losses. A half they game. would they um, would swap spots tonight if uh, if the Pelicans would, were to win. So, first off, before we talk about Zion, other than Brandon Ingram getting hot after really having a lot of this season affected by injury, what has been going right for the Pelicans to kind of roar back from the from the dregs here? Well, let's let's go back to about two weeks ago when they had a home game against the Lakers. Um. On, on March 14th, and L.A. came in without LeBron and just blew their doors off. And it was one of those games where they had also struggled against, I think, OKC two nights before or three nights before, beat a Portland team that Dame sat for, you know, the first time, I think, when he was starting to sit out. But they had a very, very poor performance against Oklahoma City, a very, very poor performance against the Lakers. And they had two days off before they played um, – Houston for the first time and they had a back-to-back in Houston they had several meetings um, starting after that Lakers loss 
about getting getting the ship righted and, and, and getting things corrected. Uh, there was some talk in the locker room after the Lakers game that night. Uh, practice the next day, the players met again. I think it was Friday was when the first game in Houston was. Willie Green had a small meeting with, I think it was himself, C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Garrett Temple. You would consider the, the, the leaders of this team. And they, they, they kind of hashed some stuff out. And Brandon Ingram has talked about it. He said, you know, the, uh, accountability was there, uh, starting with yourself and then moving on to other guys. And, and Willie's kind of credited that. Now, it didn't work the first day. Uh, they went out against the Rockets and, and lost on a three-pointer uh, Jabari Smith hit at, you know, at the buzzer. I think the Rockets had like a 22-0 run in that game at some point. The Pels got back up by 16 or 15 uh, and then lost in the fourth quarter. But Willie didn't let them kind of get down on that after that because they he still felt they did what they wanted to do. One of that was put the ball in Brandon Ingram's hands more. Um, as 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 Mark has has noted in CJ McCollum's diary several times this year, uh, CJ's dealing with a thumb injury, a ligament injury in his in his thumb that has made passing more difficult, that it's made shooting more difficult. He's kind of adjusted to that with a smaller splint. Um, but he was running the offense, and it's like let, let's kind of take some of the pressure off of him, put it on to Brandon. And I think the second thing, and probably the more important thing, is they're using Jonas Valanciunas as a, 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 a calming presence, uh, if you will, on the offensive end. They're throwing it down to him, and they're saying, look, if the offense is kind of getting out of whack for a little bit, get it to the big fella, and let's go on from there. They bounced back with a win against Houston. They came back and beat San Antonio and Charlotte. So, again, when I talk about the opponents, this is it's Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte. Now, they had one really good game against the Clippers. Um, Herb Jones had one of the best defensive performances I think I've seen on Kawhi, especially this season. and Brandon was clicking in that game as well. And then they come back and they beat, as you talked about, the, you know, what was left of the Portland Trailblazers last night uh, or on Monday. So, but I think that the notable thing here is they're doing it against the teams they're supposed to be doing it against. And there had that hasn't been like that since Zion had left uh, in early January. There were hiccups in these games and they've kind of admitted, look, there were probably other times where we lose these games. But getting it to Brandon, who you mentioned was Western Conference Player of the Week, Allowing CJ to play off the ball a little bit more. And when they do their subs, he's he's kind of still off the ball a little bit. Uh, but it's basically a point Brandon. And then getting the ball to JV, who I think is averaging 20 and 15 uh, during this six-game stretch here. Yeah, um, Jackson, our producer, just said over the last um, three games, Brandon has 27 assists and five turnovers. I think in, um, a lot of those came last night. I think he had four last night. I think he, okay. and, and the one before that, I think in, in the in the Clipper game, I think was a walk. He had a stretch of, I think, three games where he had 30 assists and zero passing turnovers. There was only, the only turnover he had was a walk um, or, or I think two offensive fouls or something like that. But, I mean, he, he's been great with his decision making. And I think you mentioned he's playing the best basketball, certainly of the season. Um, it, it, I dare say it's the best basketball he's played in the Pelicans uniform. Um, in these last six games. Yeah, I mean, so, look, they beat the Rockets and Spurs to start the the, the situation, but the the Rockets game came right after the Rockets had just won, like, three home games against... Celtics, Lakers, and then then them on the the Jabari three. 
So then they, it was a, it was a home and home. It was a, it was a double, it was a baseball series in Houston. So they win that yes. and they beat the Spurs at home. Okay. They beat the Charlotte Hornets at home. Like, okay. But the Hornets just beat the, the, the uh, Mavericks two in a row. So I can't disregard that. Well, and the win it, in it, LA, it was also a Hornets team that finished the game with somehow six players. It felt like, or seven healthy players because of three absences during the middle of that game. But that team did uh, bounce back and beat the Mavericks. You were correct. Yes. Yeah, so, so Spears, like, um, like, I don't know how potent they are, but let's just remember at one point this season, this team was in second place. Yeah. And the Zion, and then they, what, they lost 10 in a row. Uh, uh, yes. Andrew? Yeah. 10 in a row. They were in first at one point, I think earlier in December, but 23 and 12 in second, that was kind of their peak. Uh, lose to Zion gets hurt January 2nd. And then, and then the wheels kind of fell off from there, but the streak has put them back on. Like, I mean, the Western Conference, like you mentioned, any win is a win right now. And if you go on a four or five game winning streak, you could jump from 12 to six, just like uh, they have the chance to do right now. So Spears, like you've uh, you've been doing a, a, a diary with um, CJ McCollum and, yeah. you know, keeping in touch with him. So you've been there along the way here. Um you know, and obviously you spend a lot of time in New Orleans. So it's sort of like your second team, so to speak. Um, it's been a, it's been a season. It's been a season for the Pelicans. And last year, their kind of year was defined by really rallying late, winning their way into the play in. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say they could do it again, but could they do it again? Yeah. No, it's funny. um, I'm looking at the exact date. So I went to the, uh, New Orleans uh, beat up on San Antonio for their second straight win in this stretch. And then on uh, March 22nd, the next day, they had practice. So I sat down with CJ after practice. Um, we're in their little like team dining room and everything. And so CJ's talking to me about the diary. And all of a sudden he looks at the screen and NBA Today's on. And it says, the, the sound is off. He's looking at the screen. And it has Pelicans' next 10 games and the chances of them winning by percentage points. And it says the Pelicans are expected to win three of their next 10 games, right? He sees this, picks up on it real quick, and goes, oh, y'all don't think we're going to – y'all only think we're going to win three games, huh? (laughs) And I was like, hey, that's – you know, the schedule looks tough, right? Like – so yeah. it, it, it was uh, it, it's interesting because with this diary, just kind of some inside baseball with it. Like I'm was scheduled to go back out there on April 7th, right? To, um, you know, kind of wrap things up. And at that time, I think that the, the kind of consensus was that, you know, that was going to be the last home game. Yeah. <laughs> right. It looks like that was going to be the end of the road. But, of course, the Western Conference is crazy. It's wild. And uh, now we are where we are. And so now my mentality is, shoot, this team could be in the play-in. They could be in the postseason. Let's see what happens. But now, I mean, the the real Pelicans are going to, like, be tested. Like, yeah, they have Golden State and then Denver and the Clippers again and Sacramento and Memphis and New York and Minnesota. Woo. Like, 
Look, the, I'll tell you what. Uh, that last the easy game, battles are over the rest of the way. They got like teams playing for something the rest of the way. And so um, I'm real, real curious to see how they handle this stretch, how, how they fight through this stretch. And if they could get through this, uh, they're, they're certainly deserving yeah, so, to get into postseason. Right. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about the so next this, four games. Did you mention yeah. that already, Andrew, and I missed it? Next four games. Uh, Spears, Spears had just mentioned it. Spears just went okay. to the rest of the schedule. And, uh, okay. I mean, it's, it's Sorry, at Golden I State. It's at Denver. For a second. At Golden State, at Denver, and then the home stretch is not very easy. It's it's Clippers, Memphis, uh, Clippers, Memphis, Clippers, Sacramento, Memphis, New York, and then you finish up at at Minnesota. Which the at Minnesota game could be a massive game. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the Wolves here in a minute for for tiebreaker for you know play in or play out. Like, are you six? Are you seven? Are you eight or not? Like, do you do you get two chance? Whatever it's going to be. So. Um, it is it is a tough stretch here, and I I do think again we we talked about the opponents in this five game winning streak, but I do go back to the Clipper game, and they went wire to wire against the Clippers. Um, obviously no Paul George, but Kawhi Kawhi again Kawhi had one of his worst shooting games of his career that night. Um, he was one of eight against Herb. You know, bring back the not on Herb. Just and, and, just and how would you say that? Because I feel like I feel like for the bulk, you know. Herb didn't play his best early in the season. I know he had an injury. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of excitement um, about him after last season, including by me. Um, but it's sort of been um, uh, recently that he's much you know he's sort of come back into the guy we saw last year. Yeah, he has been. Look, if you look at his shooting numbers, it's kind of funny. I think his counting stats, his points, rebounds, assists, all that is 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 pretty much the same. Um, his numbers have dipped shooting wise. I think he's shooting 30. He was close to, he was like 33, seven around right around right under 34. I think on threes last year, um, he's like 28, 29% right now. He started to shoot it better recently. He started to look more like the defender he was last year, the not on herb, all of that stuff. Um, he had a great game against Portland and a great game against the Clippers. I think when he did come back from his earlier injury, he was kind of trying to fight through some stuff. Maybe in the last month or so, he's kind of felt like himself. And you've seen, you know, the guy that drew, you know, who, who many thought should have been on the, you know, all defensive team last year as a rookie. But he's getting back to that form now. But I think the kind of some of the shine has worn off because the shooting numbers have dipped. And, you know, people are just treating him as a non-shooter. And they started moving him around. There was a stretch where they played him as a small ball five for a little bit. And I think that really kind of got him going. Um, I think that was when Larry Nance was out with the ankle injury. So they, they had to go to, to some smaller lineups and, and it worked out. And I think that kind of gave him a little bit of his juice back. And um, he's looking like the guy who, uh, who the Pels relied on last year. More hoop collective podcast after this. Basketball is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash hoop and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your shot at no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join 
FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash hoop to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, so, okay, so Spears, let's deal with the Zion issue here. Um, When they were in second place in the conference, it was when Zion was playing very well. Um, They said, so uh, Lopez, they said he would be reevaluated in two weeks, which allowed technically allowed for a window that he could potentially come back for the last couple games and then any postseason. Correct. April, April 5th is the reevaluation date. They play Memphis that night, second night of a back-to-back. And then there's the New York home game and the Minnesota away game. Yeah, he's probably not going to play in that, in that, you know, that night. Um, Spears, what but, do you do but, about but, but, this? But let me know it's interesting. Because I was uh, um, at the press conference or the briefing by Coach Green, and I don't know what's been said since, but it was actually a guy I like told him afterwards. That was a really good question. I was like, he's like, so the date that that comes, you guys have a game, and Andrew, you might remember who the guy's name was. It was it was it was Les East, my former professor at Loyola University, <laughs> who now writes for uh, Crescent City Sports among other other places that you can find his work. But it was yeah. it was Les's question. Shout out to Les, man, because I was like, that was a good question, but I I don't want to mess up the question. What did he say? He he, he basically asked him, "Hey, the reevaluation date is April fifth. Is it possible he you could the reevaluation means he could play that night?" And Willie kind of basically just said, hey, I don't want to say anything, but it's a possibility we can see. So obviously, that, but he didn't kind rule of it depressing. out. Didn't rule it yeah. out, but they, they're obviously leaving the door open for him to, to come back. And I think, you know, especially if it would, you know, those games are going to mean something now. Um, we've watched him kind of, he, he's starting through his, getting kind of back on the, going through his, his, his training and, and starting to do some things. Uh, you know, you, you see him kind of hanging around at, at shoot around, working with trainers, you know, doing the stuff like that. But, you know, 
they they didn't shut the door on him coming back for that night. But you know, Willie wasn't exactly jumping to to confirm. He it didn't. Either. He didn't. So you say there's a chance he didn't. He could easily shut that down. But yeah, like I like look. I mean, the guy is already. He is unfortunately his injuries have been defined a little bit by setbacks. Yeah. yeah. And he, he had a pretty significant setback on this hamstring injury. He's he's now missed at least um uh he's now missed at least as much time with the since the setback as the first injury, right? Or even more, Correct. right, Lopez? Correct. Uh, the, the first injury happened January second. Uh the setback happened the week before the Super Bowl. Um, so that was really like a five to six week window. So uh, by the time you get to the reevaluation, like seven date weeks on April, for now, yeah. seven or eight weeks. Right. Yeah. You're looking at eight weeks from the reevaluation. Okay. Date almost. So, Spirits, what are they going to do about this? I mean, like, I, I don't, I mean, like, uh, they're not winning the title this year, I don't think, but like, this is sort of the same situation LeBron was looking. You know, LeBron went through his whole thing where he was like, look, I, uh, I saw the LeBron James of feet, and, and he, he pretty much made it sound like, he yeah. came back because he realizes that the Lakers have a chance to do something. Now he's 38 years old. Okay. He is not, you know, in his early twenties, like Zion is, yeah. but Zion obviously has to protect himself, but the, well, the Pelicans can obviously see like if they catch heat at the right time and they go back to that version of the team that they were early in the season, like you could talk yourself into, into something here. No, so I'm, I'm I think um, the difference between there's a lot of difference between him and LeBron, obviously, but <laughs> right. um, LeBron's played in the postseason a lot of games. Right. Yeah. Is he the all time leading scorer in the postseason? I think he is. Yeah, yeah. I think he reached that a while Zion ago. Zion has yet to play in a postseason game. Right. So if he could come back, even if it's at a minutes limit, even if it's 20 minutes a game off the bench. And he could help them get into the playoffs and play in the postseason. I think it does wonders for him. I think it does wonders for the fans in New Orleans, for the franchise. Yes, you don't want to risk things at this point, but they could have easily gave him a Jose Alvarado, you know, a he's three weeks and he's he looks like he's done. To me, that to them for them to give that two week thing, I'm you know, maybe guessing here, but perhaps they're saying if it if it matters, he got three games to get ready for the playoffs or and at, at that time the chances look look slim. So I don't know what crystal ball they were looking at. But I, I do think it would be regardless of whether they make it or not, if he could play in those last three games to try to like at least help him get into a play in. I, I yeah. think that would be tremendous. Considering the past history, Andrew, of like the Zion return situations and yes. how they've stepped in it with it, I would assume that there was a fair amount of analysis being done and and thought put into them saying two weeks when there was two and a half yeah. weeks left. <laughs> yeah. So they, they they knew the timing of it. They knew what they were doing. They knew they were leaving the window open. But to, to Mark's point, he look to his credit. The kid wants to play. He wanted to play through the foot injury last year, and they didn't because of you know they they it was a team effort. Look, we're we're not going to play. We don't want to ruin. We don't want to you know risk anything. Go back to the dunk 
against Phoenix. The the windmill 360 with no time Unless left that everybody was was talking about, right? He said it after the game. I shouldn't have done it. But in his words, they put my team out the playoff. They put my guys out. He wants that atmosphere. He wants to be in that situation. And yeah, he's always been clear about that. Always. He wants to play. And yeah. if he if he is able to and help his team in the playoffs, he missed he it hurt him that he wasn't in well, that six game yeah. series against the Suns last year. Yeah, and he, he was trying, you know, he was posting that he stuff was, on oh, he was trying to play. Yeah. He was lobbying. And I just remember seeing him sitting courtside for those games and the smile. I mean, he has a magnetic smile, you know, Zion, Zion smile is it's one of the league's best smile. Um, that uh, I remember him seeing him. He was really into that moment. So I'm sure he wants to, I'm sure he wants to. Um, yes. I'm sure the Pelicans are going to take some losses in this next uh, four games probably, but they've, given themselves a little bit of cushion that they didn't have yeah, before this. Correct. Um, Absolutely. And look, Brandon Ingram, when he is playing at the top of his game, I have said this, he is as every bit as hard to stop as anybody, as anybody in the league. He is like, you know, Kevin Durant's little brother, because when he gets going with that shot, you really can't defend it. So, and it, he's, I mean, he's a real three level score. We've seen some of the finishes where, he's he's laying it up and you're like okay he's he's jumping from like right below the free throw line he's gonna try to like shoot it around him and it's somehow he lays it in and you're like oh yeah i forgot he's got like 10 foot arms like i forgot about that for a second and it just yeah he is playing more free i think than he ever has and that is again going back to the reasons why they're on this streak and again opponents aside it's letting brandon play free it's getting the ball to JV and working them inside out. Okay. So the other team in the West that is making a move right now, a late move uh, sort of coming out of the morass um, is Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have won four in a row. Uh, and Spears, you were at the game Monday, Monday night. This was going to be a glorious moment in Sacramento basketball. Um, if they win, uh, it was not just it just a win. It was also the win over Minnesota because they were going to push Minnesota back. Um, if they had won, they would have clinched their first playoff. I mean, they're going to get in, but they would have clinched it and they would have done it at home. And there was like this excitement level. And the Wolves were playing on the second night of a back-to-back after getting a terrific win in Golden State. And Ta- Towns is not playing on back-to-backs yet um, because of his um, – his uh, his calf, they're just protecting it, um, and they go in there in that environment where the where the Kings have been terrific all year long, and they win. And I'm not gonna, I can't equate it to a playoff win. It's as big of a win for the Wolves as they've had since they won that kind of unofficial playing game against the Nuggets a few years ago. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't like Anthony Edwards went for 45. Anthony Edwards played an average to below average game. He didn't shoot the ball well. Um, they had six guys in, or seven guys, I think, in double figures. Spears, what was that environment like on Monday? Well, it had the makings of a party. It's like all these big people party. showed up yeah. for this big party. 
And there were not only people in the arena, but there were people outside filling up all the little restaurants and whatnot, re ready to party. Um, there were interviews taking place before the game with different fans. And, you know, the legendary radio guy who's just done 3,000 games, he's doing interviews. Like, I talked to Brad Miller. Like, yeah, yeah. like all these interviews are being, you know, because like the expectation is that it, it gets done. And so I'm on the docket. You know how it goes, guys. I'm I got a story. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got to go. I gotta, <laughs> they're, they're telling yeah. me if they when they if they win, I get a walk off mm -hmm. interview afterwards. Here are the four players we're looking at. And then they want me to do a wrap for the next morning sports center, which is a, like a voiceover story. Right. So I'm in a, I'm in a suit, Brian. How long you know me? Twenty years. Yeah, I've, you've seen me in suits before, right? Yeah, very nice suits. So according to Rudy Gobert, like something was really special about my suit yesterday that he did not <laughs> like. <laughs> well, so Rudy, well, Rudy, you know if it was a special suit or not, Spears. You know, you know your suit rotation. Was it a special suit? Let's be honest. I mean, it might be a suit that I might wear in the finals because you know. Okay, well, uh, that's, uh, I mean, like you know what I mean. But I mean, and then <laughs> and then Lopez is gonna text you. He's like, "Yes, Spears didn't wear no suit to the uh, Warriors game." <laughs> but so Rudy comes up to me and he goes, "It's a real nice suit you got on." I'm like, thank you. He's like, why are you wearing that suit? I love this. I, and I, I said, love it. I'm working. And he puts his hands on my shoulders. And he goes, we're going to win the game tonight. And he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Swagger. oh. I was like, Swagger. oh, no. I'm like, they're motivated. They're like, they're not winning on our watch, man. I just yeah. see like on the yeah. on the whiteboard and and like Finch Finchy like writes on the whiteboard like Mark Spears is wearing a suit. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. he, Spears has a final suit on. <laughs> yeah, no, he. I mean, he was like, you you didn't just wear that suit because you felt like wearing that suit today. You got something playing with that suit. This is this is spectacular because he's he's complimenting you, right? Because he's saying that's a really nice suit. Yeah, but he's but also you know. like needling yeah. you. Yeah, he's astute. He's very astute. He's like, you didn't just wear that suit because you felt like wearing that suit. You, it's a little different for right now. I've seen you in several places this year. You didn't wear a suit like that, so I guess he was right. And uh, I, after the game, man, I was in that locker room, and there was a lot of ish being talked. Mm. Uh, like uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of bravado. I think they feel like, okay, we got Cat back. And I, I heard this like discussion. Like Anthony Edwards is the best, bro. I love I love Yeah, I mean he's I, I love he's gonna be a world. major, major force. I mean, when people get to know him better. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. And he was he was messing with like the uh locker room hands. Who y'all got to get uh, who y'all got to guard cat, bro? He didn't even play tonight. <laughs> who y'all got to <laughs> Who you got the guard cap, bro? He didn't even play. Like the Kings, because like, like there's obviously Kings employees who were helped the visiting locker room. Right. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like asking them, he's like, he ain't play. <laughs> and we want, you know, because I think they're very well knowledgeable of the fact that 3 6. 3 6. And I hate to say this, Kings fan, but teams are starting to target you. 
they Kings, have been. They Kings have been want tired. that number six seed. They want to play yeah. the Kings. They don't have faith in the Kings. Uh, they, they believe that they're going to be a you know a one hit wonder, get in and, and and get out. And yesterday didn't help, and it it, it was excruciating to watch for the Kings fans because they've been waiting for this moment since Saturday. The Kings did what they needed to do Saturday, and um, one of the, their great equipment manager, um, he uh, started crying in the hallway. Right, mm. and and so there. Also, I talked to Matina, who's their CEO. She told me Sunday night she started crying just thinking about everything they've overcome. Warriors lose; they don't get in yet. Saturday night, no, you know. It's really on the Kings, though. You know, the other two scenarios don't work. Right. No. Lose, man. The curse of Rudy Gobert. And it was just like, they felt like they were Charlie Brown, man. <laughs> yeah, they felt like they were Charlie Brown and somebody moved the football out of there. They're like. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Like, on one hand, I'm like, enjoy it to their fans. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it to their longtime employees. Like. Yeah. There's not that many moments in the NBA where you can have this feeling. Yeah. So feel it. Like, you know, we were talking about the but, but, Pelicans. But, Brian, they wanted to celebrate, man. They wanted to. I know. They wanted that's to what take I'm saying, over Spears, David Stern because... Street. They wanted to take over K Street. <laughs> they wanted to party so bad. And it's like they know that this team is going to go to Portland, who's got like a G League team playing right now, and it's going to happen, right? Perhaps it happens at the Warriors game tonight. But this could have been their party. This could have been their statement. This could have been their day. This yes, could have been... for sure. No, I get it. And, but and see, now that... it's going to happen, but it's like showing up to your like Christmas party and somebody stepped on your presents. The presents are still there, but it's they're not how you, know, you expect that's, to open them. That's why people are targeting them. And I'm not saying that you can't party when you make the playoffs and then excel in the playoffs. Yeah. But that's why people are targeting them. You know, like I liked, I was at the Cavs game on Sunday. They beat the Rockets and clinched uh, their playoff spot for the first time for this group that they've clinched a playoff spot. And for the franchise, the first time in a non-LeBron year since 1998. Now, obviously, there was a lot of LeBron years, a lot of playoffs. It wasn't like they were in a drought like Sacramento. But the point is that their franchise accomplished something. And this group of guys, you know, Darius Garland, um, uh, you know, Isaac Okoro, um, even Ricky Rubio, who was there and came back, um, uh, you know, Mobley, who they've been good since he's been there, but you know, you know, he takes some ownership of it. Um, you know, those guys, you know, two years ago, they won 22 games. Yeah. So, and at, when it was over, the Cavs tweeted out the, uh, the, the huddle when JB Bickerstaff brought them together and he, you know, he congratulated him. He said, we got more work to do. And Donovan Mitchell came in the middle of the huddle and said, Hey, three seeds, two games away. And like, they celebrated, like they enjoyed it. They acknowledged their accomplishment. And um, uh, now it's, uh, you know, it's a game and a half away because the Sixers lost to the Nuggets. But um, I don't know if they're going to get the three. So my point is like, they were focused on that. So right. at one but hand, I, Brian, want, the, I like, want the Kings to celebrate, but I also want to recognize seven, but you gotta remember, this is 17 years. I agree. That's why no, I agree. So celebrate, celebrate these people. But that's like, why the, slowly that's walk why out in the other arena, locker room, man. That's why the other locker room they're talking trash because they feel like they they can get them. That's like it's oh, yeah. both is real. But anyway, on the wolves. Um, so 
obviously cat coming back has been huge. He made a free throw that won him a game against Atlanta. Then they go to golden state. He had a a late three pointer that um, basically made a huge difference in that game. So having cat back and like, by the way, it's hardly a surprising situation that kid that, you know, an all NBA player would come back and your team would improve. Um, But the, you know, Mike Conley has been really good for them, which again is not surprising. That was a, a very significant trade that happened where they sent out Russell and got Mike Conley back as part of um, Utah being in the middle and more hoop collective podcast after this passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts. 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. It was exactly the type of player they needed. And, you know, talking to some folks in the organization, they knew Conley would come in and be a playmaker because that's one thing that they didn't really have. D'Angelo Russell is a scorer. He's not an elite playmaker. He is, he can be an elite scorer. They, they kind of had a playmaker with Patrick Beverly last year and Beverly left and they didn't really replace that. Conley comes in and because of the injuries that they had, um, Conley needed to score a little bit more and he did. He, he was able to come in and score. Now Conley has scored throughout his career, but like he really gave them an injection of scoring that they really needed at the time they needed it. And the other thing that's happened with their team is they've been very impressed with how resilient they've been. So there was a game that started this current streak that they're on. Um, they, uh, they lost to the bulls uh, in double overtime. It was a real bad loss. Um, and Torian Prince made a terrible mistake in that game, a turnover in overtime. And so he was really down he came back a few days later and had one of the best games of his career um, in, in the garden when the Knicks were super hot and they, when they win in the garden. Um, and I was talking to someone in the organization, they brought up, um, Jaden McDaniels who has been having a really good year for them. So he played against the, uh, the warriors on Sunday, played one of the worst games of his career. Certainly was the worst games of the season. He played 10 minutes, got five fouls in 10 minutes, didn't make a shot. Uh, I think he made one free throw. And he was like minus seven or eight. Like um, it was like a, a miserable game. They survived it, but he was, you know, absolutely terrible. And he comes back in Sacramento when they need more because, you know, Towns is out and he has a terrific game. Um, I think he had 20 points. Um, the lead score, I think. Yeah, I think so. He had, he had 20 the points. Lead score in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like 
they're seeing stuff like that happen. That, and of course, in addition to Conley coming, in addition to getting Carl Towns back, those kind of things that are happening. And also, you know, Chris Finch, um, he has really tried to keep Nas Reed involved because when Towns came back, Nas Reed's numbers, his minutes went down. But but Finch has like worked hard to keep Nas Reed like in the rotation as much as he can because they really like him. It's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. It might be, you know, I know that they've had extension talks with him, you know, in the past. I don't know. They obviously couldn't come to terms. He might be an interesting guy that teams who are looking for a starter may think might be a starter quality player. We'll see. Um, but anyway, he had 18 points and, um, you know, I, I remember being, I was with the wolves in training camp when they had a lot of high expectations and then they obviously had a horrible start to the season. Uh, and you know, the, the Gobert experiment wasn't working early on and then towns got hurt. And I remember being with them at a game in Los Angeles, I think it was in December and they were just in a kind of a dark place and, uh, but Finch, you know, from talking to folks around the team, Finch has remained upbeat uh, with the players. He's never let them, you know, even when they've been in trouble, he's never sort of backed down. He stayed sending the same messaging throughout the entire time. And um, so, yeah, um, uh, it's been, uh, you know, Lopez, it's been a, a, a big thing for them. And, um, you know, <laughs> I could see you in Minneapolis on the last day of the season that Sunday. Right. Figuring out whether you know w- which of these teams could be a Cinderella story. Yeah, I, I like I said earlier, this is that is going to be a massive game, and it's also obviously Chris Finch was a, a, a former Pelicans assistant. Uh, he was always a great offensive mind, but getting I think you mentioned Nas Reed, and I think Nas is what he, he scored in fourteen or more, fifteen or more, twelve, uh, double digits at least in the last seven games. A couple of t- three or four 20 point games in that stretch. And he's still doing it in only playing 22, 23 minutes a game. They're just leaning into him, just kind of letting him go, letting him fly. He's, you know, the, the other night, uh, the Golden State game, he had, you know, 17 shots in 21 minutes. Uh, but he's, he's, he scored. And I think he is just finding a groove right now, putting up numbers, and everything is starting to kind of get back. And I think they are, like you said, they're confident because. And it's going to get back to to what he was. They hope you have obviously you add Cat back. You mentioned you know you know you add an All NBA player back to your lineup, and all of a sudden you know hey things look better. Which I think what New Orleans is also hanging on to right now is if you can add a guy who is the the All Star starter at you know averaging twenty six and seven, you throw him back into a lineup, and then all of a sudden you look like a team who is you know number one or number two in the West in December. So I, that game itself also has tiebreaker implications. They've only played twice this year. That's this is one of the the three game series in the West. Yeah. That game is, I mean, it could, it could decide a lot of things for, for seeding for, like I said, who's in the play and who's out the play in where, where things go. If you have the extra game, if you have to go home first and, you know, might be a situation where, you know, I, I show up on April 9th and I'm there on April 11th for a play in game. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it could be, it could be the same situation. So yeah. it is, it is so, going to be a massive game. So Spears, the, the wolves finish this road trip um, in Phoenix on Wednesday night where Kevin Durant will make his return after three and a half weeks or so out with that freak ankle injury that he had right before he's going to make his home debut. Um, the that's a big game because uh, obviously 
Durant's first game, they're going to be an emotional game there. The Kings were able to get it up and ruin the, uh, I'm sorry, the Wolves were able to get up and ruin the Kings uh, emotional game. Now this will be an emotional game for Durant and the, and the fans there. Um, Durant's only played three games. He got traded like February 8th, I think February 7th or 8th, like it was around midnight, whatever it was. He's only played three games in, um, you know, a little under two months, basically. Um, uh, he's going to, there's seven games left. The, the Suns have been able to cling on to the fourth seed, um, which would be home court. Um, they're barely hanging on to it, but now they get Durant back to face the Wolves. Um, I think the Suns have seven games left. Five of them are at home. One road game at the Thunder, one road game at the Lakers. Uh, they have two games left with the Nuggets, both of them at home. It's one of those weird schedule things. The Nuggets have not been to Phoenix yet in wow. uh, in late March. They have still not been to Phoenix. So they, they play there once they, or twice. They play there twice in the next. They play there twice in a week, starting on Friday. Wow. So so Wolves Wednesday, then the big one with the Nuggets on Friday. Um, they have a, they have a sort of a, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but they have a game with the Spurs at home. I like their chances in there. Um, most importantly, they don't have any back-to-backs left. So there wouldn't be any issue. Like, you know, you're worried about Chris Paul playing in back-to-backs. Um, DeAndre Ayton just came back from a hip injury. Um, you wouldn't be worried about him playing any back-to-backs. Uh, actually, I take that back. They have one back-to-back left. I screwed that up. The second night is in Los Angeles. But anyway, um, uh, so um, the Suns, you know, this is Durant's situation. I don't know what you think that Durant can do. I was very impressed with them, but it was a small sample size. Yeah, and they um, were three and zero, right? They were three and zero. Durant shot sixty something percent in those three games, yeah. um, and pretty much instantaneously fit in beautifully. They had that great win in Dallas, which you know Dallas hasn't played great since then. But yeah, well, I mean, first of all, like with Durant they've looked amazing but we got to also give Devin Booker his props man he's been <laughs> Devin Booker's yeah. been yeah. sensational and so those two guys together now you got DA back um I I just think uh for them it's just fine tuning until they get to the playoffs and holding on to that four seat you know if they if they could hold on to that 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 certainly be great for them but it one thing that looked like before when Kevin was playing with them those three games, just like he had been playing with them all season. I know. Maybe maybe it was the, you know, Monty factor, the fact that he and Monty go back to their Thunder days and have a connection there. Maybe it's from playing with some of those guys at USA Basketball, right? But, I mean, he just – he, he looked like he belonged. They were in a great mood. Easy. He like Booker and he were just both of those guys don't like to put their emotions on their sleeve. Booker and KD, they were floating on air for that week yeah. that they played together. And, and, and there's like no uh, ego or drama between the two. Like I think Chris Paul basically told Book, like, "Look, man, you get to play with Kevin Durant. Like, milk this situation, milk him, learn as much from him as you can." And let's go, right? And so the West is just um uh, it's kind of getting healthy at the finally, it seems like the Wiggins situation is still in the air. I don't know if we'll see Wiggins. I don't know what's going on there, so I'm not even gonna speculate. Um, but KD's back, LeBron is back, hopefully Zion gets back. Um, I, I just hope that 
during going into the last weekend of the regular season, this this uh, Western Conference is as healthy as possible. Obviously, PG probably won't be back, yeah. but um, I, I saw PG. I, I, like I saw we've, I saw we've, Paul George kind of absolved uh, Lou Dort. You know, it was sort yeah. of a mm-hmm. uh, Lou ran into him and you know buckled his knee back, but he he just said, it. and I didn't think Lou. Look, it's not no. my knee, but I didn't think Lou was trying anything there. No. So. But I just like think about all the great basketball we've missed because of injuries. Yeah. So many like heavyweight fights that we've missed. So I'm, man, I want to see Zion back. I don't want, I, I, you better get the right ball boys on KD side of the court. <laughs> like, uh, I, I want to see the Western Conference at its best because right now it's, it's, it's just really, really fun to watch. And you, you think, mentioned uh, teams, sorry, you, you mentioned teams trying to get to six. Okay, because we see Sacramento sitting right there. Yeah. Well, also that means I mean if if you were five, or in, in that five four, which it's not that far away. I think what Phoenix is a half game up on on the Clippers for for fifth, a, a game and a half up on Minnesota and Golden State. Yeah, I don't think teams really want to play Phoenix in the playoffs right now, yeah. especially in that first round with with the KD coming back. But, if but you they, had to they, pick one of those two, I think yeah. most teams would would rather you know. Get to the six, so we ain't, can be out of the play. Ain't no, ain't no easy road, no matter where exactly. you go, man. You're gonna like, have especially, especially with everybody. You gonna have a fight alley. on this corner. You are gonna have a fight on this corner in this alley. Like you could run, but at some point you're gonna find a a, a dude with a, a fist and a switchblade waiting to get you. Right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, two notes away from this fight. Very good. Two notes. Two notes before we go. One, Jeff Stotts from In Street Clothes, who tracks all NBA injuries. Um, he said that um, games lost to injury or illness uh, past the 5,000 mark, um, wow. not not counting the uh, bubble season. That's the fifth straight year that had occurred. Hmm. 5,000 games total missed due to illness or injury, um, all the players. And it only happened once between 2005 and 2017. And it's happened five in a row. Uh, the bubble season actually was down because there was a lot fewer games. Um, but it probably would have happened that year too. Um, and then you mentioned how good Booker was playing Spears. I looked yeah. up his numbers real quick since the all-star break in 15 games, 31.6 points per game, 55% shooting overall, 39% on three, 85% at the line. So 55, I know he's some 39, games, but if he ain't all NBA, it's a travesty. Yeah. Well, the issue there is, so he's played 48 games. I don't know. This dude's been a monster when he played. Man. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> He's been an absolute monster. There's, there, there's another media member. Uh, so Bontemps is putting together the straw poll. It's going to come out later yeah. this week. As a media member that I've known for a long time, and um, we were just texting back and forth today, and he was speaking about the MVP award, and he was just like, you know, really touting uh, uh, Jokic because he's like, he's like, you know, Embiid and and uh, Giannis are going to play 60-some games. He's like, Jokic is going to play, you know, mid to high uh, 70s. You know, he's like, well, what are you talking about? You know, how could you not go for Jokic? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, but his games played the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Some people will be. Right. I'm like, you know, if, if, that, if you want to make that like your most important stat, people on this po- listen yeah. to this pod know how I feel about right. that. Yeah. If that's your, if you want to make your, your most important stat, then – I'm not going to try to talk you out of it, but the record's important um, to me too. 
I know. Well, so here's the thing. So next year, you know, the CBA, um, there's a deadline coming up for the CBA at the end of the month. Um, It sounds like there's some progress on it and that they they could get something done. And one of the things that's come out, I think Woj reported it first, was that there could be some thresholds that you have to hit um, to to get all, to get into the awards. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know if it'll be 56 games, 54, 59. I don't know. I like that. Um, but like Devin Booker, to your point, like, so he's got seven games left. He's played 48. Yeah. The most he can play is 55. Yeah. You know, so that's like probably right about where the threshold is going to be. So, right. you know, um, but I know, cause we, we, we talked on this pod a couple, uh, you and I Spears were last week, we're talking about, what to do with the all NBA team is a reference to John Morant. Like you're going to make a decision on some of these guard spots. And, you know, some people are going to look and see Booker 55 games and they might say, yeah, this guy played 74. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough, but what's important is that Booker is back and playing well right now. And he's getting his, his uh, superstar teammate back. So um, a lot going on. Thank you, uh, Mr. Lopez. Thank you, Mr. Spears. Thank you to Jackson our producer for putting it all together. And thank you to Bruce, our producer as well. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. We'll be back with the Tims on Friday with the straw poll. Always a good time. Take care. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.